Hi, I'm Will Roadhouse, and I'm the CEO of Roadhouse International and Compass Group International, and welcome to another episode of Retiring in Thailand. Today's episode, just like any episode, is sparked by conversations I've had with friends or with clients or articles I've read, and also some of the trends that's happening throughout the world. And today's topic is trends, and I really feel strongly, and you probably see it yourself, is I am seeing in the very near future, a huge migration from first world countries to second world countries. I'm talking about residences or citizens in the United States, in Canada, in the UK, in Australia, New Zealand, and, and Northern European countries, to more tropical second world countries like in Southeast Asia or even Latin America. And why do I say this? The reason why I say this is the pandemic has shown people that they have worked so hard. And depending on what demographic you're in, if you're a baby boomer, you've been through so many different types of financial crashes through your professional life. And obviously, this pandemic has caused one financial crash and another financial crash, which was back in 08, 09. And then before that was the tech boom crash. And then before that was... Uh, it was another, I forgot what the other crash was before the tech boom, but the bottom line, which was in the 80s, the bottom line is, is always a crash. And so many of you have to start all over again. And you do that frequently. You know, one of the things that I saw, and it shocked me, and I didn't quite understand it, was when I was in business banking, part of my job was to bring in new relationships uh, from different merchants. And during the very early stages of my business banking life, I would go out with other business bankers and basically go cold, cocking, cold, cold, cold calling. And we would actually physically knock on doors and businesses in trying to bring their relationship over from other banks. Their deposit relationship, their merchant card services, payroll, and so forth. And one of the things I love to do when I'm sitting down with a new client is I love to know their story. I love to understand is what is it that, what sparked them to create this business? What were some of the pros and cons? And business owners love to talk about their business. They love to talk about themselves. And one of the things that I saw, one of the trends was a large part of my clientele I mean, I'm talking probably 75 to 80% of my clients in business banking have said in one lifetime or another, they have lost everything. And sometimes multiple times they've lost everything, had to rebuild, lost everything, had to rebuild. And I didn't quite understand that because back then I was in my early 20s. I'm like, how can someone make millions of dollars just to lose everything and then start all over again? And I didn't realize, that, I didn't understand it until I went through myself through the tech crash and also going through the financial real estate crash of 08 and 09 and 010. And right now, so many of you are going through another financial hurdle. Your business is shut down or your business has dried up to literally to zero. And now you're figuring out what to do. And obviously this pandemic the vaccine's going to come in hopefully in Q1 or Q2 of 2021 of next year. You know, right now we're in, uh, we're in a late third quarter, beginning of fourth quarter here in just a few weeks. And there is a light at the end of the tunnel. But the problem is, is how long, because this pandemic has shut down so many economies throughout the world and basically put the pause button on so many major cities throughout the world. How long is it going to take for you to rebuild your business? How long is it going to take for clients to come back? And that's a big question. Some analysts are saying, depending on what country you're in, it could take two years, three years. Some even say five years. There are some analysts saying, uh, and, and actually, I can't remember which CEO of an airline company, commercial airline company said, that it could take as long as 10 years. I think it was actually United. United Delta, it could take as long as 10 years for that airline or he feels 
the airline industry to get back to pre-pandemic stages for people to feel comfortable flying. Because it's not about people not wanting to fly and go to vacation. It's about not having the money to do so because they've lost so much during this last six to nine months of being locked down. So this topic is, or this, this trend that I see is our individuals, families, just realizing that they don't want to go through the rat race anymore. They're exhausted. They've done it so many times. They've saved up a comfortable nest egg and they're saying, you know what? F everything. I'm done. I've worked hard all my life and now we just gonna, we're just going to retire. We're not going to retire with a dollar amount or the goals that we had you know, of accruing millions and millions and, and having a big, huge, sprawling home and many cars and this toy and that toy. But we have enough. We have enough to live a comfortable life in Southeast Asia or Latin America. And the reason why I see this trend is also within my own network of friends and clients. More so than ever, I'm having more and more friends that are now coming to me are now saying, you know what, Will? You talk about Thailand a lot. I'm actually kind of curious about it. I've been listening to your podcast. And also I see through my analytics of more and more people that are gravitating and they're listening to my podcast. Because one of the great things, obviously, about analytics, if you're a social media person, is that one of the great tools, like, for example, like in YouTube, is you can see exactly. I mean, right now, I'm looking at my dashboard. And my average travel video, like fun videos of eating or showing you some sites around the world, you know, I, I, w- I would get some decent views. But the impression rate, the click-throughs, and also the average view duration is very low. You know, some of you may have YouTube videos and you may see the average view duration, which is how many minutes people are watching your video. It could be anything from seconds to maybe two or three minutes. But what I'm seeing on my podcast, not just a fact is, is that more and more people are listening to my podcast, like this one, which is Retire in Thailand, but also the average view duration is 15 to 30 minutes. Some of my podcasts are even 40 to 50 minutes. That means people are actually listening to my podcast through the, through the whole duration. So that tells me something. That tells me that there are more and more people that are looking to retire abroad. And also when I'm looking at my demographics, I'm seeing... Obviously, a large part are coming from North America, from United States, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and the UK. But I'm seeing more and more people, more and more, should I say, Americans that are listening to this. Prior to this, large part of my demographics were Australia, New Zealand, UK, and Canadians. Americans were kind of like, you know, maybe fourth or fifth in my list. But now they're climbing up there. And you listen to this, you probably know why. Because you're just tired. You know, you may have a comfortable 401k or maybe a self-directed IRA. You have some equity in your home. And now you're asking yourself, you're like, okay, my goal has been to have a net worth of $3 million. And maybe you have a net worth of $1 million. You're almost there. You're third there. But the question is, is depending on how old you are and how many of these up and down markets you've been through, do you have the tolerance to go through another one? And that's one of the questions that I ask the people that I'm talking to. I ask them, I said, what is it that's making you or triggering you to think about retiring abroad when you've never thought about this before? And the vast majority are saying, I'm tired of the rat race. Well, I'm tired of rat race. You know, when it comes down to a political affiliation, I am, I am independent and I am not left or right. You know, I will call out people on the left or right that are doing uh, good or bad. But the thing is, is that I am seeing more and more individuals that are saying, well, especially in the United States, 
if this administration wins a second term, the other half of America is going to turn this country upside down. If this administration loses and the Democrats wins, the other side of, the, of Americans are going to turn this country upside down. So whatever it may be, whoever's going to be the next president come 2021, one half of the country is going to dislike the other half of the country and is going to disrupt everything. And there are so many individuals that are just so sick and tired of it. I myself, I'm an American. I love America. It's a wonderful country. There's great opportunities. But the problem is, is that I'm watching TV, you know, from Thailand, and it looks like a third world country. You look at, people are tired of the hate. They're tired of everything being politicalized. They can't even watch sports anymore or even watch a favorite TV show without some sort of politics being thrown at their face. The hatred of people. You're seeing so many changes, and not just in, in the United States, you're seeing also in Australia. You're seeing also in the UK, in, in England. And people are just tired of it. I got tired of that a long time ago. That's why I left. And I understand why more and more of you are feeling the same way. So now, as opposed to waiting and planning some more, I urge you to look at your finances, talk to your family, to your significant other, and why not just call it quits now and start your retirement life? Because here's the one important thing that people don't realize. Many questions always arise uh, regarding the Thai bot or the Thai economy. For an example, I had one potential client saying, hey, well, uh, I see the Thai bot is now depreciating. It's, it's coming down a little bit. What are your thoughts about that? I said, you have nothing to be concerned about whether the Thai bot is high or low. It doesn't concern you. And they said, why is that? Because you're rich. You're, you're an American. You come from England. You come from Australia. You're rich. As I tell most people, you're poor in your country. You come here to Thailand, you're rich. A little increase at a Thai bot, whether it goes from 31 to 32 or from 32 to 30, it makes zero impact on you. It only impacts the Thai people. And like, oh, that makes sense. Or when I have another potential client that says, well, I see the Thai economy. It's going backwards. I said, of course it is, because the pandemic has uh, basically impacted every single major tourist destination in the world. Of course it's going to impact Thailand. But when it's, when it's pandemic and the vaccines come, Thailand is the first country where people are going to start flooding back in. So of course we're going to have some... High, uh, high some of the highest unemployment rate Thailand's ever have. We're going to have businesses closing down. If you look at island getaways like Koh Samui or Phuket, they're literally ghost towns because they rely on tourism and there's no tourism here in Thailand. Of course we're going to be impacted by that. But the thing is, you're not impacted as a foreigner. And you're like, why do you say that? Because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You're a retiree. You're bringing money from abroad. You're paying cash for a home. And you're using the rest of the money to live on. So if the Thai economy is getting worse and worse, what that means is your cost of living is going to be lower and lower. So that's to your advantage. It doesn't matter if the Thai economy is doing lousy. You're a foreigner. You're a retiree. You're still rich. To the Thai people, it's going to impact them. But for you, it's not. Does that make sense? Does that make sense what I'm saying? So for those of you that are looking at retiring in a place here like Thailand, when you're nitpicking and you're looking at the Thai bot, you're looking at Forex exchanges, you're looking at, you're looking at currency and you're seeing the, the fluctuations of the Thai bot, forget about it. It doesn't impact you. It has zero effect on you on your retirement life. 
Or when you see the Thai economy, actually, believe it or not, if the Thai economy gets worse and worse, it actually is good for a retiree because prices aren't increasing. They're actually decreasing. It's better for you. As the Thai economy gets stronger and stronger and stronger, prices increase. But even when prices increase, it has almost very little to zero effect to you. Let me give you an example. You may have heard this in some of my prior episodes. When I first came to Thailand eight years ago, that $1 meal now cost $1.10, $1.15, $1.25. Almost a decade here, the inflation is literally does not affect my financial bottom line whatsoever. For the average Thai person, it does because an average Thai person can make as little as $250, $300 a month. So, of course, 25 cents, that makes a big difference to their life. But for us as Westerners, zero impact. Zero impact on us. So, when you're researching Thailand, don't worry about the currency. Don't worry about the economy. What you should be researching is your visa. Do you want to get a Thai elite visa? Do you want to get a retirement visa? Or are you going to uh, maybe uh, do an investment visa so you get a, a work permit? And you should be researching cost of living. Not, not cost of living, is standard of living. Where do you want to live? What's the quality of your lifestyle want to be? Are you in a fixed income? Okay, if you're in a fixed income and you want to be in a beach area, maybe you should be in Pattaya or Jom Tien. If you're super rich, maybe you should be in Hua Hin. If money's not an object, okay, you can have multiple homes. You can have a penthouse, a million-dollar penthouse in the Four Seasons in, in the Mandarin Oriental in Bangkok, and then also have another branded resident in Hua Hin, which is by the Intercontinental. Or if, again, you're in a fixed income, maybe you want to be in Chiang Mai. That's what you should be looking at, is where you want to live. And if you listen to my podcast, you know that with such a little amount of money, as little as a couple hundred thousand dollars, you can have surf and turf. You can have a home here in the city in Bangkok, and you can have another home at the beach. And that's how we live. We actually have many, many homes at the beach and here also in Bangkok because I got tired of rat race a long time ago. That's why I stopped doing volume business. I don't work very hard because I'm only concentrating on large commercial deals, selling hotels or luxury residences. And my wife is the same. So when we're working, we're working because we choose to and it's fun. But we don't have to. And don't you want that choice yourself? Because right now, because I made that same exact mistake. I made that same exact mistake. The mistake I made was in the 2000s, I had a magic number. I wanted $5 million in cash, excluding my, my real estate net worth. I want $5 million in my bank account cash. That's when I retire. I was somewhat close. I was somewhat close. And then 2007 hit and 2008 my cash started disappearing. My business was crushed just like everyone else. But the thing is is that my very, very intelligent parents, and as the stupid and arrogant son that I was, made a huge mistake. My parents knew better, and they said, Will, we're very happy that you're very successful making millions of dollars, but the thing is, is that be careful. Stop now, stop buying more stuff, you have more than enough money, now, just watch your finances, start paying, start, start clearing things out of your portfolio, 
and start looking at retirement. I'm like, no, 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 I'm, I'm close. I need to make more money. I need to buy more real estate. And lo and behold, if it weren't for my international portfolio, I would have been crushed. I would have had nothing to my name. But thank God for my plan Z, which was basically developed by my family. So I listened to my parents a little bit. If I were listening to my parents, I would have retired 10 years ago, um, living, you know, living here in Thailand eventually, and uh, wouldn't, would never have to work for the rest of my life. But thank God for my offshore real estate. That was my saving graces because my U.S. real estate was crushed. Absolutely crushed. So now fast forward now, we're in a different pandemic. We're, we're, in, a, we're in a pandemic and we're in a different financial type of recession. So you have to ask yourself, do you have enough? And most likely you do. I made it very clear, if you listen to my podcast, that you can live here comfortably with $300,000 per individual if you are in your 50s. Yes, you can. So husband and wife, about $600,000. That's including your real estate too. Live comfortably for the rest of your life here. That's a magic number. $300,000 per person. Most of you listening to this already have that. Many of you listening to this already have are worth a couple million dollars and have that in cash. But you're still, you're still trying to reach for more. And I'm asking you is that if you've been crushed before by other financial crashes and market crashes, the question is, is what are you, well, let me rephrase that. Are you a glutton for punishment? Because we all know that if it's not this pandemic, another crash is going to happen a decade from now. Something else is going to happen. The world is going to change. Everyone's going to lose everything. You have to go through the same exact stress again, like you're going through right now. You're like, oh my God, it's like my business. What do I need to do? I'm up to my eyeballs in debt. What do I need to do? And, and you may see yourself and you may see that trend of every decade, every 10 years, you're going through the same exact scenario, same exact stress. Well, you don't have to do that anymore. Just stop. Retire. And retirement, you know, the biggest mistake about retirement is people think that retirement is sitting around doing nothing. That is retirement in the United States. The United States is a very, very boring type of culture. People are very homebound. That's why we have such large homes in the United States. What's the typical retiree do? They stay home. Maybe they go golfing. Then they do the same exact thing every single week. Go to the same restaurants or the same exact thing. They don't go anywhere. And they're using a fixed income. Even with a couple million dollars, you're still almost on a fixed income because of property taxes. Your home probably isn't paid off. You have cars you have to pay. You have car insurance. You have the massive health care bills. And your, and your cost of living keeps going up. Your utilities keep getting more expensive. So you have to watch your, you have to watch your finances. But if you're coming here with a million dollars, Oh, you don't have to worry about anything. Your real estate will be paid off free and clear. If you want to buy a car, sure, you can do that if you like. But most expats don't because public transportation is readily available. So you don't have to worry about buying a car. You don't have to worry about driving. You don't have to worry about car insurance. I actually love it. My wife loves it, being chauffeured around by a taxi or taking a nice, clean, air-conditioned SkyTrain like the BTS. It's quite convenient. And retirement life here in Thailand is so different because we get out, we venture out. There's so many different types of bars and restaurants and nightlife, all sorts of things that keep you occupied every single day. There's always something new, something fun to explore. 
And with Thailand, well, let me let me rephrase that. Asia is now becoming the forefront of curiosity when it comes to the average traveler. Latin America for Westerners, especially Americans, has been the travel destination all their life. So if you're living in the West Coast or maybe in the Gulf Coast, you've been to Mexico all your life. You've been to Latin America all your life. You've been going there since a kid. Or even to Europe, you've been doing that all your life. But Asia is something different. It's, there's a curiosity about Asia. And that's why it's so unknown. That's why so many people are just so curious about Asia that it's surprising they don't know anything about it other than what they read and what they see on TV. But I can tell you that life here in Asia surpasses Latin America or Southern Europe or anywhere else in the world because there's always something to do. And when it comes down to inflation, it is marginal. Costa Rica is not the same. I can't say that about Costa Rica or even Panama because I started my business there back in 2002. And it got expensive. And it's freaking boring. So that's what this podcast is about. It's about giving you some thought-provoking questions to really look deep in yourself to say, you know what? I think I'm done. I think I'm ready to retire. I think I have enough. And to ask yourself, can you stomach another change in the economy, another downfall of the economy? Most of you think you can because you've done it so many times, but I ask you, why? Why do you do that? Why do you continue to torture yourself every 10 years to have to rebuild your business? And that's the biggest mistakes that many affluent people make is they don't know when enough is enough. They want to accrue more and more and more. And many of you are probably even scared of retirement because you feel like there's nothing to do. And again, that is a problem and that's a difference in culture when it, in location when it comes to retirement here in Asia as opposed to retirement in North America or even Latin America. It's very, very different. Life here is better. The other thing too is when you're young. So let's say if you're a millennial, you know, you're in your 20s or maybe you're in your 30s. Another trend that's happening, you may see this, is people are they're still getting married, but they're not having children, which is nothing wrong with that. Because children are expensive. So nothing wrong with that. The world is slowly becoming or going into a negative birth rate. You see this in Japan. You see this in Korea. You even see this now in Taiwan. You're seeing this in the United States. You see in different parts of Europe. You're seeing more and more cultures around the world deciding not to have children. And there's nothing wrong with that. So now if you don't, if you and your wife or you and your husband have decided not to have children, you don't have that expense. You don't have anything holding you back and you're basically free to go as you please, live where you want to live. And what they have to commend millennials, people in their 20s or even their 30s, is they understand the hustle. You have many side hustles. So you're making multiple streams of income. You're generating business online. You're generating business traditionally, but you're combining them all together. We can do that also here in Thailand at a lower cost. Why live in California or New York or in Florida or in Texas or even Nevada or Arizona or even somewhere in the Midwest when you can live here have a better lifestyle, have more fun, and still continue your business. That's something you should really think about. I am seeing more and more online entrepreneurs coming here to Asia than I do in Latin America. 
The reason why is, is because the lifestyle here is better. There's more things to do. Also, we have better technology. Our internet is faster. One of the things that annoyed me about Latin America is whenever there's a heavy rainstorm, the internet will go in and out. Electricity, go in and out, in and out, in and out. I once had a, uh, a client and he makes his living as a high-speed trader, online trader. He's a day trader. And he was talking about Costa Rica. I said, dude, if you are an online trader, a day trader, and that's your sole form of revenue, you should not be going to Latin America. It's like, why? I said, so is the internet important to you? Yeah. Is high-speed internet important to you? Yeah. Is reliable internet important to you? It's like, yeah. Well, you're not going to get that in Latin America. He's like, what do you mean? I said, well, what if you're in the middle of the day, you're ready to, uh, you're ready to execute a trade, and all of a sudden, power goes out, and you don't know when it's going to come on. Would that affect your business? Would that affect your bottom line? It's like, yeah. I said, exactly. You don't, you don't want to be in Latin America. I'm not saying all Latin America like that, but many places are like that. Many places that are expat havens. Costa Rica, Panama, Dominican Republic. Many of them are like that. So I hope this podcast was helpful. I hope this podcast has given me another, another thought-provoking question. Because I don't want you, I, I don't want you to put another nail in your financial coffin by withering through another 10 years just to lose a, a large or small or large portion of your finances to do it all over again. Just stop. And enjoy your life. Because there are so many wonderful things you can do. If you love to travel, we're here in Asia. Within three and a half hours, I am, I think, I think it's like 12 countries that I counted. Within three and a half hours from Bangkok. So if you love to travel, this is where you want to be. If you love food, if you love photography, this is where you want to be. If you love the beach, if you love tropical beaches, this is where you want to be. There's zero sacrifices. Zero. There's, there's no sacrifice living here in Thailand as opposed to living in other parts of the world. Every place I've been to. When I've been to France, yes, it's great. Tons of cons. Italy, Spain, tons of cons. In Latin America, Costa Rica, uh, Colombia, Dominican Republic, Panama, tons of cons. Here, and also the United States, tons of cons. The big one being just expensive when it comes to cost of living. But here in Asia, I'm still trying to find cons. There isn't any. If you're telling me, well, well, yeah, Bangkok has one of the worst traffic in the world, well, I say, well, so does LA, so does New York, so does Seattle, so does DC. Bad traffic in any major city. So, what's the big deal? That's not a con. There's, there's bad traffic in any major metropolitan city. And then, they, and then someone else will say, well, well, I don't speak the language. I don't speak Thai either. I haven't had a problem. Everybody here in every major Thai city speaks English. I've never, I've never miscommunicated with anyone. If you're living in a major Thai city, like in Chiang Mai, in Bangkok, or major B cities like Hua Hin, Pattaya, Jomtien, Phuket. Communication is not a problem. Not a problem at all. You speak English, everybody speaks English. You speak Mandarin, there's actually a lot of people who speak Mandarin. Did you know that uh, the Chinese have been coming to, to Thailand for hundreds of years? Actually, many Thais in Bangkok are part Chinese. 
Actually, my wife is half Chinese. So that's not an issue. So I, so I asked people, I said, so what are the cons do you think? They're like, well, it's unsafe. Well, what makes you think it's unsafe? I actually feel extremely unsafe in America than I do here. I have no problem walking around anywhere in Thailand. I feel safe. Not in the United States. Not in the United States. So the thing is, is that I've, you have to walk a mile in my shoes. I've looked for cons. I've been here for going on nine years. Next year will be nine years. And I have yet to find cons living here in Thailand that has told me, okay, I may have to rethink my life here in Thailand. And you know what the ironic thing is? Is that my wife and I were talking and our future plans have always been to, to maybe live 75 to 80% of the time or 75 to 80% of the time here in Thailand and about 20 to 25% of the time in the United States. But as we see what's going on on TV, we see the political climate. Like I said, it doesn't matter which, if this administration wins, uh, you know, wins the ticket for next year or the Democrats win next year. The United States within, for the next eight years is still going to be upside down. Or even the next decade is going to be upside down. Because the United States is so split in half when it comes down to political affiliation. We don't want to be there. We don't want to live that. If you're not aware, if you, if you are American, if you're wondering what the rest of the world thinks of Americans, don't look to your news. What you should be doing is, is you should be looking at the forums of people in other countries. The perception of America is like what they see in cops, dangerous, arrogance, stupidity, poor. Americans are poor. People are shocked. When they saw the food lines of Americans basically being literally homeless during this pandemic, they're one to two paychecks away from being homeless and then have to go to food lines. People around the world were shocked. They thought Americans were rich. And they thought the American dream was the stable economy, everyone's happy, everyone's rich. But this pandemic has shown something different. So now my wife and I, as we talk, she's like, she's like, well, I... I I love my country. I love Thailand. If, if you feel that you want to spend, still spend a fraction of time in the United States, yeah, we can do that. But if it were up to me, I, I don't want to go. And I said, okay, I don't either. At this point, I don't either. I'm perfectly fine spending the rest of our lives here in Asia, basically bouncing around Asia, making Thailand our home, Taiwan our second home, and just bouncing around throughout Asia. And I've talked to other expats here in Thailand that are also from the UK, Australia, New Zealand and feel the same exact way. They don't want to go back. They don't call England home, Australia, Auckland, New Zealand home. They call Thailand home, just like I call Thailand home. The United States is just a destination now. So it's time to look deep. Are you ready for, are you ready to continue to live in substandard, substandard conditions? Because you really are. If you're making a couple hundred thousand dollars, you're, you're, you're still considered middle income. Actually, if you're making a half a million dollars in San Francisco, you're still considered middle income or New York middle income. 
everything's getting more expensive. Sell everything, move here, and you will find your life to be completely different. You will tell yourself, like I have told myself, why did I waste so much time living in the United States? And the second thing I tell myself is, why did I spend over a decade wasting my time in Latin America when a better life was here in Asia? This whole time, life was better here, literally night and day. My friends and family that have come to Latin America and I've shown them the life of Costa Rica, they thought that was great. But when they came here to Thailand and I showed them this other life, they're like, oh my God. It really is better. And it, and it is. Do the research for yourself. You'll, you'll see it yourself. Healthcare is better. Entertainment factor is better. People are nicer. I mean, don't you want to be around nice people? Don't you miss being around nice people? You know, one of the most annoying things that I see in Australia, in the UK, and also the United States are the Karens, male and female. You know, these, these overly arrogant individuals that just try to bully you, to try to push you around. Uh, you know, they try to, um, to imprint their, their, their opinions, like anyone even cares about their opinions. But you see this type of arrogance in Western countries of this lack of compassion, people with, that are ill-mannered. I just got tired of that. I got extremely, extremely tired of that. And I hope you did too. Because I hope you do too. Because if you are, you will find a whole different quality of individuals here. Thai people are so nice. And when you go to like places like Laos and Cambodia, Vietnam, people are super nice. And where I'm originally from, from Taiwan and Japan, people are extremely nice. Let me ask you, do you know your neighbors? Maybe some of you know your neighbors, but are you actually friends with them? Do you drive around every single day and live your life in your neighborhood, not want to talk to anyone, you just kind of keep to yourselves because that's just kind of the American way? It's no fun, is it? Kind of, you kind of live in this little, this tiny little bubble. You know, they say uh, psychologists have done studies showing that social media, even though social media allows everyone to expand their friend base to people all around the world and throughout the nation. But these individuals are lonelier than ever. And depression is actually on the rise in places like the United States. So instead of having fake friends, thousands and thousands of friends of Facebook that you never actually ever met, but you just have this big number, why not actually have real friends that you can touch, sit down with, have a coffee with them, have lunch with them, go travel somewhere with them, have a real relationship with someone? That's better. That's better than these virtual relationships. That's one of the reasons why I recently have uh, put in a personal strategy for my wife and I. We discussed this to slowly get rid of our social media. I've already uh, basically got rid of my personal Facebook. So now I have uh, just my just my basic and professional channels. And my out of my professional channels, I've actually deleted half of them. So I just have a handful left. And soon we're going to, my wife and I are going to deactivate everything. The reason why is because we see virtual friends as not being real. We enjoy our real friendships. And that's one thing I love about the Asian culture is how social everybody is. 
People want to get together. They want to have fun. They want to eat with you. They want to spend time with you. That's real relationships. Not the virtual ones. Someone that's going to rent a Ferrari and take a picture. Making making the public assume it's theirs. Or going to rent some mansion or some yacht. Or take a picture of an interior of a jet. So people think that they're jet setters. It's all fake. My wife and I want real relationships with real people. And social media is definitely not it. Social media is a wonderful tool for professionals to network with others. But to build actual relationships and friends, we've decided that it's not for us anymore. So you yourself, whether you're divorced or it's you and your husband, and you feel a little bit lonely because you don't feel like you have real relationships. Everyone just seems at, at, at a touch away, at a click away. Well, you can change that because you will find real people here, real friendships, compassionate individuals, people with manners, not overly opinion individuals. You're going to find arrogant people. Arrogant people or arrogant tourists, expats, do not last in, here in places like Thailand. They get chased out of the country. Thai people are very, very well-mannered. Actually, many of Asians throughout the different cultures are very well-mannered. Manners, being polite, and being honorable. How many times have you actually heard of the word honorable lately? You probably don't hear it much because there's no honor among individuals anymore. People talking to each other behind each other's back, friends backstabbing each other's, ripping each other off. There's no honor. And that's the one thing that is ingrained in my bone is I'm looking for honorable people. I'm looking for people that I can respect. I'm not looking for people who will respect me. That's just being arrogant. I'm looking for people that I can respect. I can learn from. That will make me a better person. I don't want to be better than someone. I don't want to be, I don't want to bully someone else. Real relationships. That's what life is. Life is not just about building great memories and I and I talk about this in one of my podcasts and I learned this from my brother one of the one of the key things in life one of the secrets in life of why you're here is to build the most amazing memories and experiences that will stay and resonate with you forever these are experiences that are just some of these life-changing events that, you're, that just brings a smile to your face every time you think about that. Even though that memory may have happened decades ago or five years ago. But when you think about that one memory, that one experience, you can't help but to smile. And my brother taught me that. That's one key in life. So here in Asia, my wife and I, we're building great memories and great experiences. Number two. Part of life is putting key people around you that you can respect, you can learn from, and you can trust. People that are honorable, that you know that when you turn your back, there isn't a knife just waiting for you. The best friends are the ones that will stick up for you when you're not around. And I've met those people here. I have a lot of wonderful friends, a lot of amazing friends in the States and different parts of the world, but I don't see them because they're married, they have kids, and they have their own lives, and they live very far. But with the new friends that I've, I've met, I've met some very just amazing people in all walks of life, different parts of the world. And there are so many people like Warren Buffett that would say, you know, it's you know, part of life isn't just accruing wealth, accruing material things. It's marrying the right person 
It's also being around people that love you. So look around. Do people love you for your title? Do people love you for what you have or what you can provide them with? In a sense of are they following your coattails because you're an athlete, you're a celebrity, you're a CEO of a major company, you have lots of money, so you have this entourage. But when the money's gone, are they still going to be there? No, of course they're not. Do they talk negatively behind your back, thinking that you're such a douche, you're so, you're so arrogant, but they hang around with you anyway because of your money, because you buy them stuff, you take them, you take them places? Those aren't friends. Those aren't honorable people. Those are called leeches. You know, I wish, I wish everyone can just be here with me. It's so hard to explain what my life is here. I can't put, I can't do justice putting on a video. I can't do justice recording these audio podcasts. I wish you can actually be here. Because every single day for eight years, when I'm here, I smile every single morning. And I'm thankful for what I have. I never felt like this before. Certainly never felt like this in in the United States. Nor did I ever feel like this when I lived in Latin America. Latin America was getting up and realizing, oh my God, what am I doing today? It's so freaking boring. And I felt so so far away, so remote from people because the beach areas, the beach cities were so small and so tiny. Here, when I wake up, it's like, oh my God, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. My wife and I are going to do this. We're going to do this. I want to go here. I want to go there. You know, when when these travel restrictions um, lift, Taiwan is only uh, three and a half hours away. So we're going to go to Taipei. And Japan is about six hours away. So we're going to do a lot of traveling within Asia. Singapore is great. We've been there many, many times. It's only an hour and a half away. But there's so many great things. And I hope you can feel it in my voice. You need to be here. You really need to come here. Not for a week. Not for two weeks. Come here for a month, two to three months. Spend time here in Thailand and you will fall in love with this country and you will know why I'm here. So thank you so much for joining me and I hope to see you soon.